From Yahoo Finance, this is Ballots and Dollars, a podcast about the politics that affect your pocketbook. I'm Rick Newman. And I'm Alexis Christophorus. Today, we are talking about Senator Warren's Accountable Capitalism Act, which is a proposal that would redistribute trillions of dollars from rich executives and shareholders to the middle class with the goal of making big corporations more equitable. And and Rick Newman is with me as usual. And Rick, look, the senator is now the front runner um, for the Democratic By nomination. Yep. And and if she were to to win, this is a big if, but if she were and the House and Senate were both Democrat, how plausible is it that this agenda, this act could actually come to pass? It, it, if, it's mind boggling to contemplate Elizabeth Warren becomes president and then she gets both the House and the Senate become Democratic, like how this would go. Um, I Earlier this year, I analyzed um, most of Elizabeth Warren's economic plans to date. And that was that was nine nine major plans, uh, discrete plans, and, and I think she has a, nine new plans since I then. Know, she uh, always has a plan for she, something. I, I mean, so I, I don't. Th- it's very hard to even keep track of all her plans. But um, so you, it so is you really interesting. It is really interesting to to think like, what if what if she actually was able to put some of this in place? So this is uh, actually there's actually legislation that she sponsors. I think she's written it, and she also has a co a co sponsor in the House called the Accountable Capitalism Act. So that's the legislation. And then she's also uh, incorporated these ideas into her campaign platform. So, so um, just to, to go tick through some of the basic ideas. But before you tick through it, okay. did you give this particular piece of legislation or proposed legislation a grade? Be- not when I did this before because it, she hadn't presented it yet. But uh, I did pieces of it that she had presented. Um, and let's uh, – so I'm just she curious this, what kind of a grade you gave Yeah. Her. So I went through and just – you know, this is just me doing it. Um, this is not a, an established methodology. But, um, you know, stuff like the, what she calls the real corporate profits tax. This is the tax on all income for big companies above $100 million. She wants to add a 7 percent surcharge on, on top of that. I gave that a B grade. I think that was probably charitable. Um, you know, she her idea is that there are so many holes in the tax system and corporations find so many ways to wriggle out of taxes that we need to do these across the board um, like tax surtaxes. That's the same con- concept behind her wealth tax for individuals. Um, so the counter one counter argument to that is why don't you just fix the tax code? Right. I mean, instead of you're, you know, she's sort of saying we, we can't we have the tax code is kind of hopeless, so we have to put these other uh, surcharges on top of the tax code. Um, but you know, that it's just it's one like complexity on top of another, and yeah. you can just say, well, if you really why don't you just go fix the tax code and take away some of the loopholes and tax breaks that are letting companies? I mean, companies are doing this legally. They're not. We're not in most cases talking about you know companies that are putting cash in trunks and putting it on steamerships and shipping it to the Antilles. Um, we're talking about they're just legally, you know, they're entitled to these tax breaks, so they do them. Um, the one thing I did look at before was uh, this idea of um, – where is it here? She went, Well, first of all, she wants to make CEOs criminally liable – for crimes that take place within their companies. And this dates back to probably the 2008 Great Recession. And that's because she says, you know what? Uh, nobody, Nobody ever went to jail. No CEOs ever went to jail for the, uh, for the financial wipeout that basically ruined the economy. There was one guy who went to jail, Angelo Mazzillo of Countrywide. He did go to jail. But the big bank CEOs did not really go to jail. And, uh, you know, she's kind of outraged about that. Um, another thing she wants to do is uh, put um, – 
give workers more of a say in how their companies are run. So one way you could do that is you could require that companies have worker representatives on their board of directors. So that sounds That's like something a they, lot of unions. Uh, yeah, it sounds it like would you would be. have to have a if, union representative sit on the board of your company. Or if you're not a union, I mean, not all companies are unionized. Right. Um, but you would have you have to or you'd have to figure well, maybe out she how wants do you, them to be. How do you? She probably does. Uh, and by the way, she has come out in support of the UAW uh, striking against GM. Um, so you have to you'd, you'd have to figure out in some companies like how would we do that here at uh, Verizon Media? You know, how uh, would it be unionized workers or would it be some white collar uh, worker group? I mean, I think you would just have to form the group. Right. You just have to create the structure. But I think that's part of the point with everything, and it's one of the drawbacks for everything she wants to do is she wants to just create new structure on top of old structure, um, and uh, just com- create more compliance. Um, organizations and more levels of regulation. But then doesn't that at some point just tie the hands of those who have to make decisions at these companies I, in order for them to be nimble, right? I mean, because yeah. because our capitalism is built on the idea that these companies exist for profit. Yes. And and it sounds like, yeah. uh, you know, what she's trying to do would actually hin- hinder the ability for them yeah. to do that. So let's, let's take an example of that from her Accountable Capitalism Act. Uh, she wants to require large American companies, and I guess there would probably be a either a market cap or a revenue threshold that if you're above this size, uh, that you have to get a federal charter as a U.S. corporation. It, so, it's every company with revenue of more than a billion dollars, right. which are, is a lot of companies. That's a lot of companies. Yeah. Um, They'd have to uh, obtain a new federal charter. You're yeah. Saying. Now, now all of these companies are chartered, but they're all they're all chartered in a state, mm-hmm. and most of them are chartered in Delaware because Delaware has uh, the the uh, most lax regulations, and it's easiest to file in Delaware. But they are governed by states. I mean, um, in in many ways. I mean, you know, states. If you're an insurance company, every state has an insurance regulator. Every one of these companies is subject to OSHA laws and SEC. Uh, Securities and Exchange Commission regulations, and there's a long list of things these comp- you know laws these companies have to comply with. And she doesn't say, "Well, we want to streamline this whole structure and um, make it easier all along the way, while establishing more accountability for the way these companies operate." She just says, "We want yet another layer on top of everything that exists." And I think that's a big failing with her plan. Now, these if she becomes a nominee, so she's not really catering to. Uh, General election voters at this point. She is a progressive. She's, she she's she wants to own. She, to she wants to own the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. So she's talking to leftist Democrats at this point, and I guess they love it because she's surging in the polls. Uh, if she wins the nominee, she's going to have to change this message because there are a lot of um, you know conservative Democrats and independents, and even some Dem- some Republicans who might be willing to bail bail from Trump if he ends up being the Republican nominee. But they're going to look at this and say. Um, you know, this is this is actually really one of the onerous. things we actually like about Trump. We don't like the guy, but we actually like the fact that he has eased up on some regulations, mm. kind of fo- focused on making it easier to do business. And I think you also have to separate many of her plans into um, – you have to question these in two different ways. The first question is, are they likely to be politically effective, which means will voters get behind these ideas and um, – uh, give her a rise that might put her over the top? And I think the answer is yes. I think we have to look at the polls and say she's catching on um, mm-hmm. and voters kind of like what they're hearing here. So and I maybe th- things are just too messy with Biden. 
you know, now with this whole Ukraine thing. I mean, although he has not been found guilty, he or his son Hunter of anything. Are we going to spend the rest of this podcast talking about Biden's well, Hunter that's Biden another in Ukraine? podcast for another time. <laughs> but I'm saying it could be one of the reasons why she's, she's I gaining think, some I think it's a lot of polls. reasons. I mean, Biden does seem he's not as sharp as he has been in the past. He does not have a finely honed message the way Elizabeth Warren did. And Elizabeth Warren is running a good campaign. I mean, she has... Um, it's a tight ship, She's kind of tapped into the way a lot of voters feel, at least uh, among leftist Democrats. Um, but I just don't think it's th- – I don't think these are necessarily going to win in a general election. And I also don't think these would necessarily be effective policies. Um, you know, these have to work or people have to think they're going to work. And if all you're doing is saying we're just going to put all these new rules on businesses, some people don't care. Um, but uh, some people do. I mean a lot of a lot of voters who are up for grabs are small business owners or people who know small business owners uh, or people who work in a small business and they know it's hard. I mean, you know, if you, you're, you're making a 6% profit margin every year if you're lucky and some politician comes along and wants you to have to comply with all of these other things and you don't have a compliance department, you've got three people <laughs> right. and the compliance department is the CEO or the CEO's husband or wife. Uh, you know, you look at this and you're like, now I know she has these thresholds, you know, where she's going to uh, it's not going to apply to small businesses, but I'm not sure that's the way people hear it. So some of these thresholds is that she doesn't want the CEO of a corporation to make many multiples of what the average worker's salary is within that organization. Is that right. one of the things that's part of this act? Uh, I think that is a Bernie Sanders idea. Okay. Uh, but both Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, they just hate rich CEOs. <laughs> they they cannot stand CEOs. Yeah, Bernie who make Sanders a lot of said money. recently there should be no billionaires. So he did, and um, although I'm not sure CEOs are the billionaires, I think entrepreneurs are the billion. You know, people who come up with these, who actually start companies that come. The founders of these companies, founders, as opposed yeah. to right. And but, I think about Jeff Bezos, for right. example. Um, but so what Bernie Sanders wants to do is he wants uh, every company to have to report uh, what its CEO earns relative to the median pay within that company. And, and if it's above a, a, a multiple of 50, then the company would actually have to pay a higher tax rate when it pays its taxes to the, to the federal government. Oh, I think there'd be I mean, a lot of companies a, paying that tax. Oh, there would be tons. <laughs> I mean, I think the average uh, is close to 300 to 1. Oh, um, sure. And Bernie's threshold is 50 to 1. Mm-hmm. So, so that means if the CEO earns more than 50 times what the median worker in that company pays, then you'd be subject to this new tax. Um, I think Elizabeth Warren is going after that same pot of money but doing it through her wealth tax rather than a, sp- a specific um, uh, tax on companies based on their CEOs. Um do you start to squash people's incentive to be an entrepreneur? We've talked about this when it comes to healthcare, right? When you have qualified, yeah. dedicated doctors who say, well, this doesn't work for me anymore because it doesn't pay for me to do this as a career. Will entrepreneurs in the U.S. start thinking twice about having businesses in this country? Sure. I mean, I mean, it's economically proven that uh, when the incentives for, for being an entrepreneur and taking that kind of risk go up, you're going to get more entrepreneurship. And when the incentives go down, you're going to get less entrepreneurship. I don't think the argument is you should have all regulation or no regulation. I think the argument always is what's the right balance. Um, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of balance in these proposals that Warren is talking I, about or I that Sanders what, is talking about. I think about. that what they would say in their defense um, – and by the way, Elizabeth Warren, you should come on our podcast Please. and Defend so yourself personally about. instead of letting me do do it for you. <laughs> You'll do it better. Um, 
I think she would say, look, we're not going after the little guy. The little guy uh, or woman is still free to go out and start that company that might become the next Google. And we're not going to punish you until you, you know, like you pointed out earlier, until you're making $1 billion in revenue. Mm-hmm. And by the way, and this is true, um, healthcare is a giant disincentive to uh, become an entrepreneur and take risks and leave a, leave a large employer. I think that is the biggest disincentive we've got going. Um, I don't think it. I don't think that's a case for necessarily for a single payer healthcare plan, but I think it is a strong case for some kind of option for people who just don't have um, good uh, health insurance for through an employer. You should be able to go find some insurance relative to what it would cost you at an employer, and we do need to fix that problem. But that's another that's another thing altogether. Well, she's got a plan for that, though. She's got okay. a plan for that, but her plan is basically Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All plan, right. which is problematic which in we know its own lots, way. Lots I want to go to one other thing in Elizabeth Warren's Accountable Capitalism Act, which is part of her uh, campaign plan. She wants to uh, – so if, these, if all companies above $1 billion in revenue become federally chartered, then that gives the federal government more tools to police them, according to her, than they have now. And she wants to ensure that U.S. corporations that engage in repeated and egregious illegal conduct may have their charters revoked. So the government would revoke their federal charter, effectively putting them out of business um, if they engage in repeated and egregious illegal conduct. Now, um, so there's a problem. You know, that I, that a pro- sounds okay on paper. Here's a but, problem I have with that. Well, we already have an elaborate system to prosecute crimes. True. So if that system is isn't working, layer. here we go again, fix the system. Right. Um, I mean, It's an addendum to a system that an, is broken. Right. But also, what so does like, something like, like saying, this do? To it's all? like saying we're going to tolerate the broken underlying system right. and we're just going to put a new system on top of it. <laughs> put that so, over here somewhere. You know, yeah. it's like um, it's like when you pave a road. I mean, the the cheap way to do it is when 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 it fills up with potholes. And I know this because there's always an issue where I live in Yonkers, New York. They always want to do it the cheap way, and they always just want to repave right on top of the pavement that's already there. Yeah. Um, that's the cheap way. So you leave the underlying problem. And you just pave over it. But at some point, you, your road gets too high and it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. And at some point, you have to scrape off the, uh, the, the, the first layer of pavement and start over. And, th- you know, that's I, – I think they that should be talking about that. That, you know, they, there seems to be like sort of this unstated sense of hopelessness in plans like Elizabeth Warren has. This part is so broken that we have to just pave over it with mm. something else. But the underlying part remains broken. Yeah, good analogy. But also, what about the hundreds and some cases thousands of workers who could just be put out of a job because, oh, the, your charter doesn't work anymore, so your company is being shut down. Great question. I mean, there's a domino effect here, and it's not sure. just going to affect her 1% yeah. that she keeps talking about. So now about. you know what Mitt Romney meant in 2016 when he said corporations are people, friend. <laughs> <laughs> and they really are because well, they are they made, employ well, people. they're made up of people. They exactly employ people. Right. I mean, exactly right. 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 So is there anything in there that you think um, does speak to making corporations more equitable uh, you in, know, in a she, realistic kind of way? I don't feel like there's much in here that is realistic. No. And um, – but there's cynicism on both sides of this issue. So the well, profits the bus- are supposed to be wicked, according to some on the extreme left, right? I, yes, immoral uh, right, and wicked right. it is to make profits for your right. company. Yeah, and these are people who never have worked in a, in a, a socialist utopia where uh, n- there's no incentive to work. <laughs> oh, if you come can't on. You make money, in there's no incentive utopia, to work. Rick? I have not, not yet. No, <laughs> um, I hope I never do. Honestly, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, I think the um, what I wish these candidates we're talking more about is 
uh, empowering employees by get, making sure that they are all ready for the workplace of the future and even the workplace of the present. I mean, we, we know that we have this giant skills mismatch, um, which is one of the reasons a lot of middle class families are falling behind. They don't have uh, they don't have the right skills for the jobs that are available. We all know what's happening here. We're moving to a digital uh, uh, economy, a knowledge economy, and you know GM workers are on strike right now because they uh, they want to lock in uh, industrial era assembly line jobs. And General Motors is looking ahead and saying. You know, we don't, I don't, we don't think we're going to be building too many cars like this anymore and we're moving over to electric cars that are going to require fewer workers and different skills and we don't want to lock ourselves into employing these workers that have the skills of today when we're going to need workers with the skills of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I wish some candidate would be talking about this in, a, in an aggressive way and have 19 plans for how to make the U.S. workforce – the best workforce in the world and really throw money at it. I mean, I think you have to throw money at it. I think you would have to um, give – There need to be real resources. Yeah, absolutely. Not these sort of lame job retraining programs we have now that generally are not working. I think you would need to – In your view, these should be federal programs or no? Leave it to the device of the private uh, company or the publicly traded company, private company. The federal government has the ability to jumpstart programs or uh, apply seed money – that states and cities could these are effective these are administered most effectively at the state and often the mm-hmm. city level um, but uh, you know do some things that are gonna really produce a better workforce I think another thing that the government could do if you want to talk about benefits for people provide relocation assistance so people can get out of um, uh, the places where the jobs are leaving and go to the places that are creating the jobs. I mean, like that, Detroit's a very good example. Yeah. Of that. So you do get a you uh, you do get a problem if you do that, which is well, if you take away the few remaining people who are working in those what communities, to that community? somebody's still left behind. Right. And it's not an easy problem. I mean, uh, there are other candidates who have had ideas like you should require um, a certain portion of um, digital business to be in um, com- shrinking shrinking communities. Um, so you create a federal incentive that, you know, set up – Google needs a, a server farm, set it up in West Virginia. You know, build and create incentives like that and just set, set them at levels to make it happen. Well, when, when Amazon had its big Q2 – I mean uh, – or uh, HQ2, yeah. um, you know, competition, if you will, and all of these cities scramble to say, please, please make – come come into my backyard, sort of goes along the same the Yeah, same thing. And, and where did that end up? It ended up in Washington, D.C., which doesn't need exactly. the jobs. Uh, there are – and you know, and part of it actually looks like it's kind of ending up in Nashville, which is also doing great on its own. How do you get some of those jobs – I mean, so Amazon doesn't want to go to someplace – they want to go where they're going to find all Talent. the workers they need. Exactly. But you got to get the workers with that talent to other places. Well, maybe that, that goes hand use, in hand really with, your, with your uh, program that would move the workers to these other places, right? So find your find, talent and then move them to the city that actually needs the boost. Yeah, or create incentives for the companies to go where those workers are and then help those workers establish those skills. None of this is easy, but also, you know, creating a single-payer health care system Warren, isn't even isn't easy either. I mean, Warren and Sanders aren't coming up with ideas like this. They though, are. Right? They are committing. They're willing to commit trillions of dollars of taxpayer money uh, in, in in ways that is mostly take from the rich right. and and put it into programs that are going to help, help people who are less well off. That might work great. It might not work great, but it all depends on, I mean, the rich can frankly afford to, you know, hire, to pay more in taxes. That's not a problem, frankly. 
Um, but the problem is whether the government would actually use that money wisely. Might That's a big the, problem. Do the right thing. All right. We're going to leave it there for this edition of Ballads and Dollars. Thanks so much for joining us. As always, be sure to rate and review what you just heard and follow us on Twitter at Alexis TV News. And at Rick J. Newman. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode.